0: Welcome to the first episode of Fort Worth ISD's Webcast. In just a moment, we'll review some of the latest EdTech news in our EdTech Roundup. And in our Roundtable, chat with an elementary school teacher who is using technology to help her students become better readers. Later we'll take a look inside FWTC and talk about past experience with the Fort Worth Technology Conference and what we have to look forward to this year.
1: Thank you for joining us for the EdTech Roundup on FWEDcast. I'm Daniel, and here's just some of what's going on. Microsoft has developed some STEM lessons and activities in collaboration with NASA. Next year marks the 20th year that people have lived aboard the International Space Station, and the lessons that Microsoft and NASA built together are a tribute to that anniversary. We have a link to those lessons and other information in our show notes. An exciting feature in Google Slides is on hold as of late July. At the end of the last school year, Google for Education was working on an update to slides that would allow users to insert audio files into their slide projects. On July 24th, Google announced via the G Suite's update blog that they have, quote, paused the rollout of this feature while we work to improve performance. Look for updates at gsuiteupdates.googleblog.com. Flipgrid introduced a new AR feature over the summer. Users can record short videos that play back from QR codes that are posted in a room or a hallway. To view the video, use the Flipgrid app on iOS or Android as you walk around with your device. Carefully, of course. More information is available at blog.flipgrid.com and at help.flipgrid.com. Just search for Flipgrid AR. Google Forms locked mode is now in wide release. Teachers can create a locked quiz directly from Google Classroom or access the option through the settings gear icon on an existing form. This option is only available on education accounts and the quizzes that are locked must be accessed from managed Chromebooks. If you've got a news tip for us, send a tweet our way. You can find us on Twitter at FWISD Tech. Fort Worth Technology Conference. I'm Daniel Bam. I'm here with Andy Simpson, one of the digital learning educators in Fort Worth ISD. Andy, this upcoming Fort Worth Tech Conference in January of 2020, how many conferences will that be that you've attended and participated in?
0: This will be my sixth conference participating. I will um, hit my Seventh next year, and I hope to get a uh, gold neck chain as a commemorative gift from the crew at um, FWTC. So this will be your sixth conference coming up. Uh, what role
1: have you played in the conference in the past? You've—I remember attending one last year where you presented, but I got the impression that your role was more than just showing up and making a presentation. Tell me a little bit more about what into the day before. What was going on when none of us were
0: there? So the day before a conference uh, is one of the busiest, if not the busiest day of the year for EdTech. We all have different roles and setup. up. Um, my role has, al- has always been to... Um, be part of the the zones where we each get a set of rooms that presenters will be in and we have to make sure that it's ready for the presenter and the participants the next day that they have the the seating the supplies that everything's clean orderly signs are up and it's uh it's ready for people to walk in the next day other people have hospitality and food some people have a registration table everybody's got a part to play
1: and the conference venue isn't available for the team to
0: go in and set up until roughly four o'clock until after school lets out. We, we run the conference, um, at different high schools throughout the years. And you have to wait until the high school finishes their business for the day before you can enter and begin to set up and begin to see is this room, does the Promethean board work? Does the presentation station work in this room? Does the sound work? Um, How's the seating arrangement look for a presenter? Um, Making sure that everything is cleared off, that personal items are put, you know, just making it an acceptable presentation station for a conference that hosts annually more than a thousand participants each year.
1: And planning for it. It's not just come in the day before thinking, I don't know, I'm feeling cute. I think I might put on a conference. There's planning that goes into this months and months ahead of time.
0: They usually have the first meeting for the conference um, the week after we come back from having the conference the year before. So sometime in February, most likely, Dr. Navar and those planning the conference will come back in and have their first meeting for the following years for the 2021 conference. I will say that an interesting note, knock on wood is that this will be the 15th year of the conference. And in the first 14 years, despite having the conference in late January, we have yet to have any sort of weather-related delay or cancellation during the conference.
1: Tell me a little bit more about your experience with the other folks who've come in, other teachers, guest presenters, folks who don't do this all the time, but nevertheless feel like, they're called to come in and share what they know
0: right we have dozens of people who present Um, some come from outside school districts some of them like yourself come back to us after having been in Fort Worth and still want to come back and be part of the conference as a presenter Uh, we have vendors who do presentations and then we have our we have our featured presenters keynote speakers um, people that we partner with who come and present to larger groups on different topics. and those people, you know, same same thing they prepare months and ahead of time. Uh, we usually take a call per, for presenters a few months ahead of the conference and let people start putting together their ideas and it's always very interesting to see, when those calls whenever those proposals come in to see what topics people want to talk about and it helps us get a pulse on where what are the people who are on the cutting edge in educational technology what are they thinking about what are they wanting to talk about and i think it gives us some real insight into where we need to head as a department
1: so in a way when we put out the call for presenters we're not only recruiting folks to come in and share what they know, but we're also having them give us an idea of what they're working on in the classroom every day.
0: Right. We're, we're hearing, especially the feature presenters are wonderful. They provide, I mean, usually it's, they provide some inspiration. They will, they'll have big ideas, but then I'm always very intrigued by those people, the classroom teachers who We'll go back on Monday morning and start working with students again to hear what their experiences are, because their experience is very valuable to inform those of us who aren't around students every day.
1: Have you ever had to work with someone who is kind of feeling that pull to present, but is hesitant and thinking, yeah, I'm just not sure this is worth talking about? How would you respond to someone who is kind of wanting to present, but
0: kind of hesitant? What would you tell that person? I always tell them that um, I guarantee that what they have to say is extremely valuable. They are they're an expert where they are, and you never want to assume that whatever seems normal to you. Is just normal. What's normal to you may be revolutionary to someone else. You may think that your system of running your class is just a boring everyday thing, but for someone else, it may be life changing, at least in their classroom. The way that you apply, um, a podcast in your classroom may seem revolutionary to someone else and may really turn on a light bulb for them and spark creativity and a new way of doing things from someone. So I always try to encourage some people that are reluctant that they are an expert. What they have to say, their voice is very powerful. And if it's simply, I don't know how I feel about presenting, we can work together. I can listen to them. I can give them pointers if they're willing to take that leap. Heck, I would even present with someone if, if need be to give them the confidence to make that leap.
1: If folks are wondering how they can get more involved in this conference and how they can start learning more about it, what can they do? Where can they find information? How can they reach out to us, partner with us to try to get more involved?
0: Sure. In the In the weeks and month or so that follow, we will begin releasing information out to our campuses and out to the world, if you will. Um, and I know that we typically have a website and I believe that is fwisd.org slash fwtc where people can get information on the conference. So as we update it, it will be available there. We will be emailing people who have participated in the past, people who have expressed an interest and then the people within the district itself um, coming up probably in November and then a big push when we get into December and January.
1: All right. Well, thank you for joining us for this Inside
0: FWTC. I'm Daniel Bam. I'm Andy Simpson. And we'll bring you more news as it becomes available. And don't forget, FWTC 2020, the 15th year of FWTC, will be at Southwest High School in Fort Worth on January 25th, 2020.
1: Coming up, Greg and Kelly chat with a teacher from the Leadership Academy at Mitchell Boulevard about how she's using educational technology to help boost her students' achievement. That's all coming up in this episode's Roundtable.
2: Would you please introduce yourself to us? Tell us your name, where you teach, and what you teach.
3: My name is Shunae Capshaw, and I teach fifth grade at the Leadership Academy at Mitchell Boulevard, and I'm self-contained this year.
0: Tell us a little bit more about your goals and working with your students. What do you want them to accomplish this year?
3: Okay. um, My main goal, no matter what, is for student growth. And so I'm always looking for different ways that I can measure student growth and help them grow. And so just different resources, especially technology, because the kids are all about technology. And they actually know more about technology than me. And so... um, I'm constantly just on the computer looking at different resources and reaching out to people about different resources. Like Nearpod, we just found out about, like Common Lit. So there's all of these instructional programs that are technology-driven that I can use to incorporate in my classroom and measure
2: student growth. That's awesome. We hear you're, you're planning to do something really cool with your reading um, in measuring students' growth and reading fluency. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about what you're doing with that?
3: Yeah, um, based a little bit on my data, um, I have 18 students in my class, and only 50% of the students passed the reading star test last year, and so I wanted to find a way where the students can hear themselves read, because when I ask them to read out loud, they're not very fluent, they're very choppy, and so I try to model being a fluent reader and you know, you know using enthusiasm in my voice, and so I wanted to find a program that students would be able to record themselves reading and Uh, Go back and listen to how they read. And I think that would help build fluency and um, overall just make them better readers.
2: That sounds really cool. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about what you're going to do with that in regards to feedback? So, how are you providing your students with feedback and what are they going to do with that feedback?
3: Okay, so I'm using a program called OneNote. Um, It's on the apps. And so I have a student folder, a folder for every student, sorry, and the students can go in. Uh, record themselves reading a book it didn't have to be long just maybe like 30 seconds a minute and then um, it is submitted back to me and so I can hear it and leave comments to them and it automatically goes back to them and so um, just having the automatic uh, feedback I think will really be beneficial for them um, and then just the time to practice fluency so during like our reading centers um, they get to get on OneNote on their Chromebook with uh, headphones and just record themselves reading and they're just reading like their normal book but it's recording them.
2: I love how you're really targeting student growth based on the data that you're getting um, from these programs. Um, Do you have your students doing any sort of self-assessment where they're maybe identifying their own goals and working off of those?
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, Every time we have an interim assessment or benchmark, um, I will just mark the question wrong, but I don't mark what the correct answer is. And so I always give the booklets back to the kids and have them look at their work and see if they can identify their error and find the correct answer and a lot of the times you'll hear kids go oh really it was that simple and i missed it so it's like little computation error so i love for them to go back and reflect on their own data and i actually have a reflection sheet that the students use to go through and analyze the question and they tell me why they think they missed it if it was a misconception or if it was vocabulary or they just guessed. so the kids are being very honest and transparent with me And then I'm able to use that as well and plan. But the students know after the benchmarks and after they analyze it, what their weaknesses are. And so in my classroom, I have these little cards that say in order to score on the star test, I need to master the following teaks. And so the kids will write down their weaknesses. Say if it's multiplication, they'll put that down. And so when they finish assignments, they can go look at their card and specifically get on that assignment or in the back of my room. I know I have buckets that are all all the batiks with uh games in there so they know exactly what their weaknesses are and what they need to work on in order to master the concept
2: that sounds very cool it is very good classroom usage of technology
1: have you worked with your students on setting their own goals we
3: at the beginning of the year uh the first day we did the restorative practice circle and so i had the students set a short-term goal and then long-term goal and then we set class goals and so i know you've seen in the back of my classroom i have a poster where it says classroom goals for the 2019-2020 school year. And so the, uh, the class lists goals, and then the students all signed saying they were agreeing to to try to reach those goals together. Because they uh, they said at the bottom, together we can reach our goals. Together we are better. And so that's one way we've done class goals. They do individual goals. Um, and so like I wrote them down. So I have one student that wants to make 100 on all of our star tests. And so every time we're doing test or Just in class, I'm like, okay, what can you do to work towards your goal of 100% on the STAR test? So we all all are all about goal setting and working together to accomplish those goals.
1: How have you seen technology impact students who are sometimes reluctant to get engaged and show what they know?
3: Yeah, um, so at the end of the year, um, after the STAR test, you know, I always want to do some more research-based and technology projects that they get to do. Um, make it less like stressful. And so um, every year we always do a mathematician or a scientist research project. So the kids are able to use the technology to find a scientist of their choice or mathematician. They are able to gather research, they're able to gather pictures and videos and they put it all into a PowerPoint um, and create animations on there. So I kind of do like a model lesson on how to add animations and the transitioning of the slides. And then at the end of all that, they're able to present it to their classmates like they're the teacher. And so they really like to use the technology for that. They always say, "Can we make PowerPoints? Can we make PowerPoints?" Like I had a kid um, last weekend make a PowerPoint about me. So he said he Googled <laughs> my name and found pictures of me in college and oh, now on okay. Twitter. <laughs> and he like showed me this PowerPoint. I was like, "Oh wow!" You know, I'm like, "That's so awesome that they want to," you know. Tr- take what we do in the classroom and take it home and work on it there too, but do something of their choice, like making a PowerPoint over me. <laughs>
1: you'll be sending us a copy of this PowerPoint to show with yeah. our audience.
2: Oh
3: yes. <laughs> and it's kind of scary, but I'm the screensaver on a couple of their Chromebooks. So Oh. yeah, they'll go Google me and all my pictures show up there. <laughs>
2: Oh, goodness. Well, I think that says a lot about your ability to build relationships with your students. And so I think that's pretty amazing. I'll be a little bit creepy um, (laughs) that your student went home and did that.
3: (laughs) But it was like one of my favorite students. so I was like, oh, okay, you know, it's not that creepy. And I've had her two older siblings. So she's the third sibling I've had. So the whole family knows me really well.
2: (laughs) That's awesome. Well, we've been talking a lot about you know, your students' growth and your students' goals. I'm just curious about your own personal growth and goals this year. Is there something that you're looking to improve upon? It can be technology-based or not, um, in your own teaching practice this year?
3: Yeah, I'm always looking for ways to improve. So, um, like I said earlier, I'm always looking for more technology programs, especially a lot of instructional programs out there. I know we have a lot for reading, but we don't have as many for math. Um, But I like... Would like to find more learning programs that are aligned to the state standards. And so that's one of my goals is just researching different programs. But, like personal goals, um, I will graduate with my master's in educational leadership in December. So, uh, right now I'm just focusing on that and using what I've learned in grad school and bringing some of those practices into my classroom.
2: Yes, congratulations this is in order for sure. <laughs> That's exciting.
1: For those of us who are in a coaching and supporting role, how can we best support you and your team as you integrate technology into your classes?
3: Um, I would say just helping us find more instructional programs. Our principal is really good about allowing us, if we found a program, to share it at a staff meeting or have a PLC on it. Um, So like Nearpod, we just shared on it. Last Thursday, me and another fifth grade teacher shared on CommonLit. So she's really good about it. if we find a program, have a meeting and let us share it out and teach everybody else how to use it. So I think the more programs that we can find to enrich our instruction, I think that will really make the biggest impact at my campus and for me. What
0: would you say some of the other challenges you face in your classroom? You mentioned earlier that you were having some trouble finding technology resources that matched up to the teks. So what other what other challenges do you face when involving technology in your classroom?
3: We definitely have access to technology or a one-to-one ratio. Um, What I really wish is that my Chromebooks are not touchscreen, so it's hard for me to do more like Google Classroom and stuff for math. So I just wish that my Chromebooks were touchscreen. I know that sounds selfish. So the kids could do more math on the Chromebooks and I wouldn't waste so much paper. And it would be, I think they'd be more engaged if they can do more math on the computer instead of all on paper.
2: Ms. Capshaw, we'd like to thank you for joining us on our first webcast. Well, thank you for having me. We really enjoyed learning from you. We're always sharing. Hope you and your students have a wonderful school year.
0: Thank you for spending some time with us today on FWEDcast. Please subscribe so that you can stay up to date on EdTech News and our upcoming Fort Worth Technology Conference. I'm Andy, and we'll see you soon where the West begins.